Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. As always, the podcast is brought to you by my sponsors, Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. And also by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application learning product on the market. Check out whatmatrix.com for a full feature-by-feature comparison of all application learning products on the market. And now for some news. Starting off with some highlights from Citrix Synergy, which was held in Atlanta, Georgia this week. The keynote kicked off with a lot of focus and some recorded demos of a new intelligent workspace. This is off the back of last year's simple workflow demo of Citrix Workspace. And this year, I feel, featured a much more complete picture. Last year, there were integrations that were shown on a slide with the vendors logos for example ServiceNow that were not demoed whereas this year they were so integrations with many large products like Salesforce and ServiceNow were showcased integrated into an experience not too unlike Facebook with push notifications appearing prompting action from employees so I think one of the examples was somebody submitted an expense report it was reviewed and declined and when it was declined It was notated what was wrong, and that person who had the declined expense report got a little push notification in the top right-hand corner of the workspace, very similar to Facebook. It's clear that this is the purpose of Sappho, which was acquired last year, and the value it will bring in Citrix workspace. The overall messaging was reducing complexity for end users, reducing the number of apps they need to switch between to do their jobs, and provide a simple, unified, seamless workflow. Personally, I think it's a very ambitious move, and it's a big Hail Mary pass. But if it's successful, it should prove very fruitful because it would mean a massive overhaul to how a lot of workers will do their jobs. Microsoft's Brad Anderson appeared on stage to discuss some of what both organizations have been working on together, including the Citrix Managed Desktop and day one support for Windows Virtual Desktop. Citrix Managed Desktops will provide turnkey desktop as a service running in Azure. This is something other providers are doing already today, but Citrix claim they will do it better. You'll be able to purchase everything from Citrix in terms of Azure Compute and RDS Cal for server, You won't have to purchase the compute and then pay the subscription separately, managing multiple different vendors. Monthly R term pricing will be available. There will be an option of domain joined or non-domain joined machines. There's multi-region support. And Citrix will actually provide a base image for you to build on top of that comes with the VDA pre-installed. During this segment of the keynote, it was also highlighted that there's optimized support for Microsoft Teams with Citrix, which is something that has already been alluded to in the past for an optimized video conferencing experience with Teams. But there's also highlighted integration within the Intelligent Workspace too, which could be pretty cool. You may remember that in last year's keynote, they showed some integration between their Mail app and Slack. It seems like the integration for Teams that they talked about We'll go even further than that. And once again, Google took a large segment of the keynote with integration available now for G Suite. 
It was interesting that last year Microsoft barely got a mention and Google's Cloud COO had about 15 minutes. With Google, with Google Cloud Platform becoming a very popular cloud offering with its competitive pricing, it's interesting that it seemed like there was a big focus on just Azure and Google Cloud Platform for Citrix over the last couple of years. But then, during the keynote, something very surprising to at least me happened. It was the announcement of support for Citrix running on VMware Cloud. If you follow the podcast, you may be aware that I covered some content around this months ago, including the fact that Citrix PVS with Pixie actually works on VMware Cloud. The awesome VMware EUC team has been hard at work with some of the best and brightest at Citrix, which is great to see and I hope we see more of that. I mean, personally, what I feel is all large and kind of medium to large size organizations tend to be customers of both Citrix and VMware, and obviously Microsoft too. Many run Citrix on VMware, ESX, and vCenter. So both vendors' products complementing each other to me makes a lot of sense. Some great new analytics and security features were also highlighted during the keynote by PJ Hop, including a pretty cool demo showing some security features to combat key logging and a built-in improved type of DRM solution to do things like block or scramble print screen attempts. So this is going to sound a little bit off to me because everything else I just talked about is pretty lofty, but one of the top announcements during the keynote for me was the announcement of intention to support locally installed application launches from the workspace. It's something I wish they had in storefront already today, and I feel that in workspace, a combination of publishing those browser based web SaaS applications, your published applications and desktops, and now also being able to launch locally installed applications will naturally provide a less disjointed experience and could make it more possible for organizations to just have the Citrix workspace auto launch on all of their full client machines, thin clients, laptops, you name it, because they'll have that same experience for all their applications when working through that workspace. Overall, for me, there wasn't any like particularly huge announcements other than maybe some of the highlights that I talked about there. Last year was a much more kind of wild swing in my opinion, but I feel like it's a good thing because too much change in short notice can be ch- challenging for large organizations to adopt. You need a little bit of stability, and I feel like obviously last year where it was like year one they're not going to get everything right in year one but they need to have the persistence and commitment to mature the product which certainly this year it seems like they put a lot of effort into enhancing and maturing the product which is great to see also announced during the week was a citrix cloud one-time password multi-factor authentication being launched it's pretty interesting as it would look like this is getting closer to competing with something like Okta, which by the way, as highlighted last year and appearing again this year during the keynote as a logo, Okta is supported with Citrix Cloud. Thanks to Ryan Heath from Software2 for this next little tidbit as he shared some info with me from one of the breakout sessions as I'm not at Synergy this year myself. It was announced that a VDA update service is coming soon and it appears this is intended for persistent VDAs in remote PC. This is interesting to me particularly for remote PC as keeping those machines up to date is a pain in the arse today. 
Manbinder Pal Singh also let me know there is a feature for a rollback capability too. So all great stuff. Also somewhat Citrix related, but not a formal announcement from Synergy. I saw something pretty badass this week. Chris Matthew, the founder of Octoblue and Computes, posted a video demoing an Office 365 published app via Citrix Cloud running on his Magic Leap device. It's pretty cool. So imagine having infinite monitors and being able to grab and move your apps onto surfaces around you, all while using a Bluetooth keyboard and a mouse when you need it and if you need it. If developers develop their applications more focused around this type of technology, that would be really, really cool. I'll include a video of this demo on the YouTube version of this episode, which is episode 73. Hot off the heels of Synergy, Best of Synergy Winners Control Up launched version 7.4 of their product that brings with it the killer new automation feature to run trigger-based actions. So for example, in my environment, I could have a script that clears old profiles and clears out the SCCM cache on a machine if it detects low disk space. This is handy for some of our minis or machines that have smaller SSDs running in them. Or maybe I could detect if the Citrix delivery controller loses connectivity to the database and once the event is thrown, have a script to set the local host cache mode right away rather than having a multi-minute downtime before it kicks in. Also, ControlUp Insights has had a few tweaks of its own, like a host resource forecasting feature now available that will look at your several last weeks of data and provide a forecast and resource utilization. Also, the Insights dashboard and site in general load significantly faster now and have been optimized. So good job, ControlUp. According to a ZDNet article, 20% of the top 1,000 most popular Docker containers on the Docker Hub may potentially contain a base image that has root accounts enabled with blank passwords. Linux systems that are configured to utilize Linux PAM are pluggable authentication modules and have the slash etc slash shadow for authentication are vulnerable. These vulnerabilities were exposed by Jerry Gamlin, who is principal security engineer at Kenna Security. This further highlights that although believed by many Containers do still require security applied and are not just by their nature a security product in of themselves. You may need to consider something like New Vector for helping secure your containers if that's a road you've gone down. While Windows version 19.03 is finally available and blessed by Microsoft now, they are still taking a somewhat slow conservative approach with deployment in a bid to use analytics to help ensure any issues are identified early and quickly. Unfortunately, in that same breath, bleepingcomputer.com reports that Microsoft says that a known issue will block Windows 10 from booting after trying to restore the system to a restore point created before installing a Windows 10 update. It appears the issue is that driver updates are cached, and when restoring to a previous known state, a driver version mismatch is detected, causing the machine to be unable to boot. To remedy this, you'll need to enter the Windows recovery environment by restarting the computer again after the failure. Two reboots may be required to get back into the machine successfully. Opera version 60 has released with several big features previously only available on their mobile browser, including transactions, a crypto wallet, and a new overall look with light and dark themes available. 
Ars Technica reports that this version is also named Reborn 3, which is the latest in Opera's attempt at Chromium-based browsers. Speaking of Chromium-based browsers, Microsoft released the first Edge preview for Mac OS. The Canarian developer Insider Builds can be downloaded today, and it's pretty sweet. I've been using it. I like it a lot. Microsoft have also indicated that they will plan to support macOS unique features like the touch bar, so you'll be able to scroll between open tabs using the favicon icons within the touch bar. So pretty cool. Also speaking of Microsoft releasing preview features for macOS, a public preview of Windows Defender ATP is now also available for macOS users. TechCrunch.com have reported that thousands of TP-Link routers are vulnerable to a bug that can be used to remotely take control of the device. According to TP-Link, an update to address the vulnerability is, quote, currently available when requested from tech support. Obviously, a vulnerable router is a very serious issue. It's somewhat low-hanging fruit for a hacker, and it's something you'll want to get addressed as quick as possible if you're a TP-Link router customer. A little late to this report, but IGEL have announced IGEL OS 11 now supports a broad range of both wired and wireless poly headsets, including some of the popular BlackWire 320 and 325 wire devices, BlackWire 5210 wire devices, some of the Voyager Bluetooth headsets, and more. I had the pleasure of joining the great Jerry and Gibson once more to co-host the Frontline Chatter podcast. This time our guest was Arthur Hitomi, founder and CEO of one of my favorite application delivery vendors, Numescent, who make the incredible cloud paging product. It was a fascinating interview, and at one point, Jerry and I both had a, wait, did he just say that moment in disbelief? Art is a very interesting guy with an incredible history in the industry. Be sure to check this one out, particularly if you work with or support applications or platforms running your end users' applications in your environment. It's very insightful. And now for this week's weekly webinar. SPSNet will be holding a webinar on how to secure and monitor your AI models. It will be held on May 30th from 2 p.m. Eastern. Today, artificial intelligence, machine learning, edge computing, and advanced modern computing technologies are becoming high demand for organizations living on that bleeding edge. I know several in the community, including a buddy who's a CTP over in Denmark, who live and breathe this stuff, so I figured it's worth mentioning for everyone. If you or your organization are holding a webinar and would like me to feature it on the podcast, please do reach out. I'll be happy to do so. And now this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. This week is one of the rare instances where I try to promote something of my own. For years, I have been creating and publishing an app fee decision matrix. Well, it has evolved. I was featuring application virtualization products, application container products, unique products like Numescent Cloud Paging and FSLogix, and application layering products too. It made sense to spin this off into an application delivery matrix instead, encompassing all of those different products and highlighting them. So I did that and it's available right now. I also worked with my colleagues at Algus Technology to take a previous free downloadable tool that was a Excel macro that allow you to track all of your applications and suggest what the best way forward for packaging and deploying that application would be based off of 
some of the questions you've answered in terms of what the application contains. It's really, really powerful when combined with something like ChangeBase or AppDNA, or even if you run applications through, say, the AppV sequencer, and you get that report back doing the diagnostics or compatibility check. It will show you exactly what you can do with that particular application. But organizations are pretty weary of running like third-party macros. So it made sense for us to evolve this, and we did by creating a web portal. So it's a web app that allows you to put in the same information, your vendor application version name, and then step through answering the questions, and it will propose what application delivery methods can be used for that application. What's interesting about it being web-based, I mean, you're not, you can create an account and save your own data in there, and it's obviously not gonna be sensitive data, it's just application vendor version and application name. But the power of this would be, if you run through and submit the application and it shows what it can be deployed as, over time, if many people enter that data in and we get all those results, we could create like a database of all those applications and how they can be deployed. Therefore, for someone who's starting to try and package an application like say, Foxer Reader, and they're new to app virtualization or some of these container products, they could see if that application is actually going to work without even stepping through answering the questions because others have done that for them. It could be a really useful resource for the entire community. Well, that's it for another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.